0: From Niagara Falls or anything. I was just a truck driving trucker trucking through western New York with a cargo load of mannequin parts headed to a children's hospital. (laughs) The evening hung as dark as night over the highway. My tummy was howling for meats and I had to shit like a racehorse. I pulled off on exit 22, looking for a nice place to fill my belly and empty my bowels. Of course, I knew what day it was. It was Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. That night, the hometown Buffalo Bills were playing in the big championship game. I figured it would be a real 3 alarm hooter to hang in a nice local dive bar near Buffalo and watch the locals go bozo with sport and ecstasy. I drove around a bit until I spotted a real dingus-looking place, a moldy old bar shaped like an old-fashioned western wagon buggy. The bar was called The Wagon Wheel. It was packed full of Rowdy Bills fans in a sea of blue and red. Like a sea with murder in it. There were no seats at the bar until a drunk ogre type saw me looking for stool. And he offered me up some of his. Hey man, this chair is like really freaking big. It's good if you wanna sit on it with me. Couldn't say no to this kindly offer to share this man's seat. After all, I was about to order food. And the only folks who stand up while eating her for sociopaths and craft Crafters. dogs. So I tipped my trucker hat, said howdy, sidled up, and brushed cheeks next to this nasty gentleman. Good sale on hobby ghost tonight. I took a look at the menu. It was written on a chalkboard shaped like a cowgirl kicking a hog. Buffalo or BBQ chicken. The bartender appeared from behind a puff of smoke. Oh, the hell? I complimented the fine establishment and asked her about the picture that was hanging on the wall behind her. It was a mugshot of some busted-up fellow with an autograph. Oh, that's the founder of the bar. The legendary Niagara Falls boxer and ex-murderer Gurn Nagler's. She was a good-looking drink-slinger. Just my type, too. Full set of teeth and a limp. I ordered my usual. A hard cider. Straight. (coughs) I'll have the hot finger special, too, I said, winking from both eyes at the same time. To see if she had catered to my flirt. But she didn't make eye contact, she just took another bite of a hard-boiled egg and walked on. (laughs) When my food arrived, the hot steaming plate of chicken fingers smothered in gravy, hot sauce, and ketchup reminded me that I had to drop a deuce and a half. I made my way through the crowd towards the bathroom. The men's room reminded me of my time working corpse removal for the Louisiana sewer department. The mirror above the sink was replaced with a blood-stained corkboard, The only thing on it was a business card of a good cheap heart surgeon, Dr. Takashi Shorts. I wrote that number down and I did my fatherly business, then returned to my seat, where I'd noticed one of my fingers was missing. The guy sitting next to me had gravy all over his chin and was playing air guitar to the music of the mind. Another guy leaned into me as he was passing by and said they were giving out free haircuts in the back room. Then he made the universal sign for cunnilingus. I looked at the bartender hoping for some camaraderie against this filthy creep. But she also gave me the universal sign for cunnilingus. Now, you want to go get a haircut with me? It was then when I realized this place was weirder than I had bargained for. It was just an odd night all around. Even the Super Bowl commercials were strange. Like the one where a guy looked at a basket of french fries and said, Oh, a few fries can't hurt. Then it jumped to a loco scene, where he is in Hell, being beaten mercilessly for eternity by four guys in french fry costumes and devil horns. It was a commercial for Pert Plus Shampoo. What has become of our great country? decided to just focus on the game, finish my sup, and get back on the road. I looked up. Close game, fourth quarter. Something you need to know about now is how the Buffalo sports teams always seem to be cursed by some sort of cosmic-ass curse. The teams around here have never won anything, and when they've come close they've been foiled by some cruel twist of fate, a sudden gust of wind, a rotten call by a referee, or a spate of mysterious deaths in the middle of a match. So if the Buffalo Bills were to actually win and become super champions tonight, after all these years of suffering, I tell you, this crowd was gonna go off some ape shit. White buffalo bacon. The room suddenly intensified. Chicken bacon ranch. Only 13 seconds remained in the game. All eyes were glued to the TV sets. White broccoli. Bills have the football down by a three-pointer. The QB scrambled, throwed it deep, and it was caught. Touchdown. No time left on the clock. Combo. The Buffalo Bills won the Super Bowl. So then why is it so quiet in here? I expected the room to explode with an orgasm of Drissons, but everyone was silent, not a smile on a face. The room was still as they watched one elderly gent get up and walk across the bar towards a TV, and then he violently rammed his head into the screen, setting his face on fire. Then the guy sitting with me swallowed a bunch of cyanide and keeled over into my plate of lumpy chicken. I saw a woman eat her beer mug until the glass shards burst through her neck. Another dude took a steak knife and stabbed himself in the ass and then the heart. Holy bocephus, the bill's victory set off a mass suicide. I tried to get someone to explain what was happening. The only response I got was from the bartender who said, Where sports is life, sports must be death also. Then she cut off her head with a broadsword. Where sports is life, sports must be death also. It was all over in just a matter of seconds. Everyone laid in a sea of blue and red, but with a lot more red. A crack of pool balls broke the silence. Across the room there was one guy still alive, standing crouched over a pool table to take his next shot. I called over to him. So I, uh, guess you're not a Bills fan. Oh no, I'm a Bills fan. I'm just waiting to bleed out. He took his next shot and stood up, revealing a huge gash in the shape of a charging bison that he had carved into his stomach. His slack pants were red as a color rush jersey. He shouted, Go Bills! before he collapsed onto the pool table. I was the only one who remained. I was sloshing through guts trying to make my way out when the door flew open and two men in matching uniforms and matching sacred geometry tattoos ran in. They ordered me to help them with the bodies, said get them in the truck before it was too late. I didn't have time to think. I just helped toss body after body into the back of a big white truck with a sign on the side that said Miracle Police. They shoved me in the truck, too, and hustled butt all the way down to Niagara's Waterfall. They opened the back door and started tossing the bodies over the brink, where they disappeared in the water below. And I thought, well, that's that. Better get back to my truck and finish my delivery. After all, there's a lot of sick kids out there waiting for these used mannequin parts. But just then, out from the bottom of the falls, crawled out all the dead bar patrons climbed onto the observation deck totally live and collectively took a bow and all started making out with each other. That's when I looked around and noticed the cameras. Some dweeb on a skateboard approached me and said, You've been razzle dazzled. Oh no, not razzle dazzle, America's finest prank kind of show. Yo, this is Skiz, host of the Razzle Dazzle, you so dumb. I felt like a total fool. I couldn't believe this whole prank was set up just for me. These people in the bar weren't dead. There were no miracle police. Everyone was just dead set on pranking me something foul. Later on, I realized even the Buffalo Bills were in on it. They didn't win the Super Bowl, they didn't even have a Super Bowl that year. And I'm not even a man, I'm a little girl. And I don't even like football. (laughs)